Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast with Ben Malcolmson of the Seattle Seahawks is brought to you in part by Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, $38 a month, release a child from poverty. You can make a difference in a child's life. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, $38, sponsor a child today. Today's guest on the podcast, he is Pete Carroll's right-hand man with the Seattle Seahawks. His name is Ben Malcolmson. His official title is the Director of External Relations with the Seahawks. And Ben has written a new book called Walk On, From Pee Wee Dropout to the NFL Sidelines, My Unlikely Story of Football, Purpose, and Following an amazing God. And Ben just released this book recently, and uh, he joined us here on the podcast. Really enjoyed talking to him about his story. And I first met Ben, and I'll mention this in the beginning of the podcast, back in 2010. And it happened to be the day that Yankees owner George Steinbrenner passed away. And that was the day that Pete Carroll had come to ESPN. And I was assigned to spend the day with Pete and walk him around and take him on all the different shows at ESPN. And there was this guy, Ben, who was trickling along behind him. And Ben's job was actually to capture all the social media uh, for Pete Carroll while he was walking around ESPN. So I first met Ben then in person, and uh, that was when Pete, Coach Pete had his book come out. And now Ben has his book. And I'm excited to hear, have you hear his story because it's really a powerful one. It's really it's one that is just it just doesn't make sense. It's a guy who did not like football, who ends up making the USC football team, and then ends up becoming the right-hand man to one of the great coaches, both in college and the NFL, and as a part of a Super Bowl winning team and another Super Bowl playing team in his time in Seattle. Uh, and when you talk to Ben, you can just hear the humility in his voice and in the tone and how he carries himself. And his story is one that just doesn't make sense, and it's a powerful one. So I'm excited for you to hear it. Let's get right to it. Here's our interview on the Sports Spectrum Podcast with Ben Malcolmson, Director of External Relations with the Seattle Seahawks and Assistant Head Coach to Pete Carroll, right here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Take a listen. Welcome, Ben. Thanks, Jason. It's good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. Now, it's funny, when I was approached about doing an interview with you and and saw that you had written a new book called Walk On, which we'll talk about in a second, I remember the day I met you, and it was back in 2010, and we were kind of talking about this off the air before our interview, and I used to work at ESPN, and it was the day uh, that Pete had written his first book, or his new book, I guess, at the time, and he was at ESPN doing what they call the car wash, and I remember you were there, and I kind of talking to you, I was like, what is your job? What do you do? And you're like, I'm Pete's assistant, and you were just getting ready to go to Seattle with him, or you had maybe already made the jump, but it was right in the midst of him taking the Seahawks job and leaving USC. I wonder, I'm not going to ask you what your memories of ESPN are that day, although you may want to share those, but it was more about the timing of when you and I first met, where you were in your journey. Now, that's eight years ago. That's crazy. Where you were in your journey at that time. 
Yeah, that's crazy. That was eight years ago because it feels like it was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was right in that transition when uh, Coach Carroll left USC and took the job with the Seahawks. And his book came out that time. And um, I was with him on his kind of book tour then and uh, going around the country to East Coast and West Coast. And we were fortunate enough to get that day at ESPN, the car wash day. And um, it was just unfortunate circumstances and just tragic that that was the day that George Steinbrenner passed away. That's and, right. Uh, the breaking news obviously kind of puts everything else to the side. So um, it was an interesting day for sure. It was not a typical car wash day there at ESPN, but um, thanks to you and, and all your colleagues there at the time, it was we still had an amazing experience, and it was just so fun to connect with you then and now to reconnect. Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder where <laughs> – at that point in your your life and your career, because and we're going to talk about ex- specifically what your job role is now. I've I remember talking to you then, and you're just like it's a bunch of different things. I'm sure it still is today. But where were you in your life and your transition there of going from USC and following coach to Seattle? Yeah, when I was at USC for three years there, I, I handled all the media stuff there in terms of online media. So hmm. it was right at the the cusp of social media taking off, and we were just right place at the right time. We had a blog that um, really gained a lot of traction and, and kind of did things that were really unique and different at the time. And then we hear about this thing called Twitter that had just started, and it was like, <laughs> hey, coach, let's put you on Twitter. And soon enough, he and Shaq and a couple other people are like the first well-known celebrities on Twitter, you know, and he's gaining tens of thousands of followers a day. And it's just crazy how that medium really took off and Facebook. I mean, he gets a Facebook uh, page on, on Facebook and he maxes it out on the number of people that could be up following it because they just didn't have the, the algorithms at the time to allow for more people. So it's just, we were just right at the start of all that stuff and it was really fun and exciting. And that's why I was on that book tour was because we were kind of capturing everything and just stirring up a lot of attention around the book and all that. And in that process of moving to Seattle, um, really transitioned to just be his kind of right hand guy, um, fully. And obviously part of that entails the the social media stuff still and, and kind of communication stuff on the side and all that. But, um, now it's, it's really a Swiss army knife role where it's just kind of all over the place and every day is so different. Um, but it's really just helping him be in the best place possible to succeed in all the things that he's doing, whether it's running a football team meeting or getting ready for practice or all the off the field stuff too, with all the charity stuff he's involved with or speaking engagements and all the relationships that he carries, um, in sports, out of sports, whatever it is. And it's just a fun job. And obviously coach Carroll is such a unique person and just a charismatic leader and just I'm so fortunate I get to be around him and learn from him just by osmosis every day and it's fun to to partner with him on all these incredible things we get to do is there a typical day can is that possible (laughs) Ben I mean maybe it's a typical Sunday during the season maybe that's kind of probably a better way to put it when there's a game but is there a typical day or does it really change every day yeah, the only thing typical is that I know it's going to be uh, very spontaneous. <laughs> I'm not going to know what's going to happen. So when, I, when I'm driving into work, I know that when I pull in, um, the only thing I know that I'm doing is putting my key fob over the little scanner and walking in. That's about the only thing I know for sure that day. And uh, who knows what's going to happen from there. But uh, I think that's a product of, of being in sports in general. Sports is uh, a lot of ups and downs and a lot of unpredictable things. And someone like Coach Carroll, who's uh, very uh, 
different individual. You know, he just he runs at a different different pace and at a different beat than a lot of other people, and uh, it's a product of kind of all those things put together. Well, it's been eight years now you're with him, which is, like you said earlier, kind of crazy. And you're a part of Super Bowls, got to be a part of two Super Bowl teams and one winning Super Bowl team. Uh, and it's been obviously a fun ride. And we'll talk a little bit about that ride in a second. But for football, for you, when we go back, and I like to go back on this podcast and sort of talk about where the journey began. When you were a young man in 1995, maybe even a kid in peewee football, I heard football a football story about something that kind of led to maybe you thinking maybe this football thing wasn't for me. Can you tell that story? Oh yeah. I I hated football. (laughs) I, I, my dad made me play football when I was in fifth grade there. I was 10 years old and, uh, made me join the Pop Warner program in our little suburb. And um, I think it's kind of what every dad did. You know, it's like every kid's got to try every sport, at least um, the kids I knew. And I mean, I was trying every single sport at that age. And there I am suiting up for the football team at the Pop Warner level. And it was miserable. I mean, I'd go to practice and I'd be crying on the way home. I just hated it so much. And I was begging my dad to let me quit, but he wouldn't let me quit. He, and it was kind of one of those life lesson moments. It was like father, fatherly advice moments moments of I'm not going to let you quit because this is going to pay off the rest of your life you know and I probably didn't have the ears to hear it at the time but I'm so glad he didn't let me quit because I I was forced in a way to to battle through all the challenges and how much I disliked it and how physically exhausting it was and just wasn't fun for a undersized fifth grader and uh finally at the end of the season i I said okay i'm never playing football again that's it and uh my dad said well that's that's totally fine that's your choice but i'm just really proud of you for sticking through it and not quitting where was faith when you were a kid is that was that a big part of your life was your was that instilled in you by by your parents growing up yeah it was uh i mean it was hard for me as a kid uh to really appreciate and understand what was going on faith-wise. I mean, I was taken to church every Sunday, and I was starting to learn a lot about God, but I didn't really know God per- intimately and personally until I got to college and uh, really started a relationship with God at that time. A few years later, you mentioned, and this is 2006 now, you're at USC, and so you find this relationship with God, with Jesus in college. I want you to share that story as well as share about how you come to playing football with USC, which is kind of crazy. And you document that pretty well in your book. That's a good portion of your book is your time at USC. Start with the faith element first and how that kind of transpired for you. Yeah, I went to college, um, just kind of floating along, just kind of try to figure out my major and my career and all that. And just try to figure out where life was going to take me. And I was so fortunate because God really had his hand on my life and really put incredible people around me. I was, uh, I found out about this group, it was a Christian fraternity. And so I just kind of jumped at the opportunity without really consciously doing it. It was like, Oh, this sounds cool. I'll do it. And, uh, that changed my life because I was around guys that were sold out that had surrendered their lives to Jesus and had given themselves over to to his will and to his way in their lives. And so seeing that lived out on a day-to-day basis, that it wasn't just a one hour a week thing on Sunday morning, but it was a lifestyle. It was a, a relationship, a living, breathing relationship with the creator of the universe. And 
that changed my life because I got to see it. I got to see an example and I got to follow in their footsteps and really grow and mature in that way. And then as I matured and grew, I got to be that example for, for the people that were coming in behind me. And that just increases your growth even more and, and strengthens your relationship with, with Jesus and with your friends and everything. It was just so powerful. And through that process, I was still trying to figure out, okay, what, what's my life going to look like after college? What am I going to study and all that? And I kind of fall into journalism. Um, I figured I might be something fun to do, especially if I could be a sports writer. I mean, I grew up reading the, the sports section in the newspaper and watching Sports Center every day. I figured, well, I, I, wish, I should try to be a sports writer. That'd be really fun and combine my passions maybe. And, um, I definitely wasn't good enough to play sports at that level. And so I was like, well, this is the closest I'll get. And so through that process, I'm writing for the school newspaper and I get promoted pretty quickly to, to cover the football team there at USC. And this was the, the glory days of USC, you know, when they were number one, those, all those years in a row and yeah. all the Heisman Trophy, trophy winners. And it was incredible just to be a part of that. Um, they're a student at USC. And then my job there during my last three years of college was to cover the football team. Every home and away game, I got to go to two Heisman Trophy ceremonies. It was a, at two national championship football games, you know, like all these things are just incredible and so fun and gearing up to graduate. And I see an, an ad in the school newspaper talking about walk-on tryouts for the football team were coming up. And I was on kind of on the prowl for what was my last great article going to be for the school newspaper. And it hit me when I read that little ad for the walk-on tryouts, this has got to be it. I got to write an article about the walk-on tryouts because no one, no one's ever written an article about this. It's pretty cool that the number one team in the country just doesn't open casting call. You know, this is pretty unique. This is pretty special. And I, uh, and ended up going up to coach Carroll. I was like, Hey coach, um, I'd like to, to write an article about the walk-on tryouts. Do you mind? And he's like, well, it won't be very interesting, but sure, go for it. <laughs> and so I, I go through the tryout and I mean, I get my butt kicked. I mean, I hadn't played football since fifth grade. I was 165 pounds. I was only out there to write an article and going through agility drills. I mean, I'd never run a 40 yard dash in my life. And there I was, you know, it's like, like you, what you see on TV, like Rich Eisen, you know, (laughs) there I am just the guy who's never run a 40 yard dash before. And, um, it's just crazy. And I go home that night and write my article and it was, it was literally going to be the best article I ever had. I mean, this was unbelievable. I got to go through tryouts for the best football team in the country. And at that time had, had become just a perennial contender, just unbelievable program. And I get a call two days after the tryout saying I made the football team. And my first thought was, this has got to be a prank. Like, there's no way I made the football team because it never even crossed my mind that that was a possibility. I mean, that my only intention of being out there on that team, uh, out there on that tryout was to write an article. That was my sole intention. And I'm getting this call. And it's got to be a prank. I mean, it's either one of my friends pranking me or I figured out this has got to be Coach Carroll pranking me. I mean, he's renowned for pulling jokes and pulling pranks on people. And I'm going to be the latest butt end of his latest prank, you know. And so I'm, I'm trudging my way over to the football building um, with a little bit of excitement and a little bit of curiosity, but mostly just gearing up for him to pull the rug out from under me. Because, I mean, he did tell me it's not going to be very interesting. So I f- figured he's probably setting me up for a, a nice little prank here. And I walk into the office and there's Coach Carroll and he's smiling he's like so what do you think and i'm like well the prank's over um just kind of tell me now and he's like no 
Um, you can run fast. You can catch the ball. We want you on the team. Just with this utter seriousness. And I was like, no way. There's no way. Like, I haven't, I haven't played football in 10 years. Here I am. Number one football team in the country. This is just crazy. And so there I was all of a sudden my life. Took a total turn. I was on the, the football team there at USC after only trying to write an article for the school newspaper. But you don't like football, remember? <laughs> so well, it's, it had to yeah. be culture shock to the umpteenth, you know, dial here. Oh, Just imagine yeah. walking oh, into yeah. that world. Oh, it was it was crazy because I'm mean, going to get handed a playbook, and I'm flipping through it, and it is flipping through the playbook on Madden on Xbox you know like this is just so different trying like these plays are like 19 words long you know I don't know what position what, what each position is and all that and that was hard and then I get my pads and my helmet like I don't know how to put this stuff on there at the first practice it's like okay how do you even take a hit you know like do I just stand there and just get battered or I mean what is this going to be like and I remember the first practice I'm just so eager to, to experience this first hit just to, honestly to see if I'll, I'll survive, you know, like see if I'll be able to make it out. And I get that first hit and I'm, my bell is rung. I'm seeing stars and I'm laying there on the ground and I realize that I'm still alive, you know, and that I can still move all my body parts. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. Okay, here we go. So that kind of started, uh, started that whole year process. And I went through, I had a serious shoulder injury that um, doctors, I had to get a major reconstructive surgery and doctors said I was going to be off for nine months, but just kind of a divine miracle. I was back in four and a half months, you know, just like crazy recovery there. And a bunch of students started a campaign, get Ben in to, to get me in a game because I, I represented just the average student, you know, and it was just a fun thing that the story became bigger than me. And that was the, the beautiful thing. Yeah. You make it to the game, right? The final game of the year against Notre Dame. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we were at our, our last home game of the year we're playing Notre Dame. We're like the third-ranked team in the country. Notre Dame's the fifth-ranked team in the country. So <laughs> the only way I'm going to get in a game is if we're up like 50 points, you know. Like they're not going to put me in a game because there's all these wide receivers that deserve to play that are way ahead of me on the depth chart. And we're there in the Notre Dame game. We get up 20 points, and two minutes left in the game. We get the ball back, and, and the coaches put me in. And I mean, it was only a quarterback kneel. <laughs> Nothing special happened, but I did get that one play and it was just such a cool reward for all these people that had just were chanting in the student section they were wearing t-shirts that said get that in and they had signs and and we're on college game day and all that stuff and it was just really really cool cool experience to be a part of i mean you're in a game though <laughs> and it's not, <laughs> it's notre dame and usc i mean my thinking is if i'm you I'm playing against like Troy State in September, <laughs> but Notre Dame and USC. I'm not getting in that. I mean, what is going no, on? I mean, that must have been such a great day. moment. Yeah, I mean, it was it was almost it's definitely surreal, and it just almost felt like cinematic. You know, just kind of magical. I'm I'm there lined up on the line of scrimmage. I'm looking across, and there's the shiny gold helmets. You know, I grew up watching Rudy. But that's what I was just going to say. It's it's like Rudy, right? Basically. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, people have said that a lot, and it's just it's crazy how this this had happened. You know, like nine months earlier, I was going through the walk-on tryouts to write an article. Just some crazy harebrained idea that was, well, I'll write an article about the walk-on tryouts. You know, and here I am nine months later lined up on the line of scrimmage, wearing a USC uniform helmet, looking across, looking at the gold, shiny helmets that I grew up watching on TV every Saturday afternoon. You know, it's just crazy. 
We're talking to Ben Malcolmson here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. His new book is called Walk On, From Pee Wee Dropout to the NFL Sidelines, My Unlikely Story of Football Purpose and Following an Amazing God. You talked about coming to know Christ in college at USC and really developing a deeper relationship with him. And as followers of Christ, we're called to live out that faith. We're called to go and make disciples and go tell others about him. There's a great story in the book about the Rose Bowl and how you took that sort of boldness as a follower of Christ to another level. And it didn't exactly work out the way that you thought it would. Can you share that story with us? Yeah, well, the genesis of that actually goes back several months before the Rose Bowl. Um, the, almost the moment I found out I was on the team, I had this deep sense that I was there for a purpose. You know, that God had me on that team for a reason and a calling, and I couldn't wait to see what it was. So I was pressing into that from almost from day one, just trying to figure out and just pray, and God, what what am I here for? Like, what is my reason to be on the team? Because I had a sense that it was deeper than just putting on pads and going through practice and all that stuff. So. I was pressed into it, and um, I had an idea that we should start a Bible study for the team. And so I told all my teammates about it, and the time comes for our first Bible study, and no one showed up. Um, so obviously I was discouraged and, and just doubting my purpose. You know, like, well, God, why am I on this team? What is my purpose of being here? Because obviously it wasn't for a Bible study. So then a, a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so later, I get another idea that I'll start a prayer group for the team. And so I told all my teammates about this prayer group and we we're going to pray together the, the day before every game. And this was going to be a pretty cool way to, to share the light with my teammates. And the time comes for our first prayer group. And again, no one showed up. It's just me sitting in the room. And so I'm again, defeated, discouraged, questioning my purpose. And it was really hard. I mean, I was battling just a, little, a lot of discouragement at that time because I, I had this sense that I was there for a purpose, but I was totally missing it. And it was, it was really challenging. And so then I was reading uh, a little bit later that in Matthew 5, it says, let your light shine before men. And it hit me that lights just shine where they're at, that they don't need to go create events or go do things, but really they just need to be a light first and foremost. And so that that really hit me. And it, it just put me in this new place of, okay, I just need to be a light among my teammates. I just need to just be a good friend, just love people well. And so I just devoted myself to that and after a couple of weeks of trying to be a light, I found myself again just seeing zero fruit and again questioning my purpose and wondering why God had me there because I was I was seeing nothing. You know, I was planting all these seeds, trying to be a good friend, trying to have good conversation and love people really well. But if that was my purpose, I figured I should, I should start seeing some fruit to that. And I just wasn't seeing it. And um, I was discouraged again and just kind of doubting and uh, um, at this point, we're already towards the end of the season, and we had chosen to play in the Rose Bowl on, on January 1st. And a couple of weeks before the game, I, I was reading Isaiah 55, and it says, if his word goes out, it does not come back empty. And it hit me in that moment that if I, if I put his word out there, if I put a Bible out there, that it won't come back empty. And so I got the idea, I'm going to get a Bible for every guy on the team, and I'm going to place it in their locker, and, and it's not going to come back empty. Like God is faithful to his promise, and let's see what happens here. And so I uh, got a hundred Bibles and in the middle of the night, one night, I just wanted to do it anonymously at this point and place one in every locker. And I couldn't wait to see what God had here because this was the fulfillment of my purpose. You know, like he had brought me through all the challenges, all the, the heartbreak and the defeat and discouragement, but I finally found my purpose and this was it. And so I couldn't wait to get there to the locker room that morning, uh, the next morning. And 
I mean, I was fully expecting just like the craziest things. I was, I mean, I was a zealous 21 year old college student, like hell bent on finding my purpose. You know, like I was, I was fully expecting like the Hallelujah chorus to be sung in the locker room, you know, like gold light emanating from the doors, you know, like I was, I was so excited. I walk into the locker room that morning with these great hopes and great expectations and, I see just shredded Bibles all over the floor. I mean, the the carpet was completely covered with shredded pages of Bibles, mm-hmm. and it was just so such a such a huge gut punch because um, I had poured my heart and soul into trying to find my purpose, and I had missed it all along. And so I just kind of threw in the towel, and I said, "I guess I missed my purpose." You know, I missed why God had me on this team. I, I tried to do all these things, but every single thing had failed miserably and so i was obviously really discouraged and we go through that week and we go to the rose bowl we win the rose bowl which was awesome but i still felt like i had missed something you know i had missed my purpose and a couple days after the rose bowl i get a phone call um saying hey did you hear about mario mario was our kicker on the team record-setting kicker just an amazing teammate one of my closest friends on the team and i I said no what happened to mario and he had uh, tragically passed away in the middle of the night, the night before that phone call, just mm-hmm. a couple of days after the Rose Bowl and just mysteriously passed away. And it was obviously um, just so hard to take that news when you're 21 years old and one of your closest friends passes away and yeah. teammate. And uh, it was hard. And a couple of days later at the funeral, um, they carry his casket down the center aisle. And on top of his casket was the Bible that I placed in his locker of all things. Wow. And I was just so struck by that because it was, it to me, it felt like God's personal intimate touch just for me to comfort me in that time. And it was like, God had seen me and had given me this little nudge of comfort. And it was so profound for me that God could provide such a, a personal touch in that moment when I needed it most. And it was, it was so powerful. And so I ended up, like we talked about earlier, just working for coach Carroll, um, there at USC for the next couple of years. And he offered the job uh, for me to come with him to Seattle. And I moved up and not knowing anyone up here, I just kind of jumped at whatever opportunities came along in the, in the right time. And, uh, someone told me about this high school mentorship program called young life. It's like a faith-based mentorship program. And sure. I was like, this, it sounds cool. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I said, go out to, to this young life leader meeting to kind of introduce the program to everyone. And one of my former teammates walks in, I'm like, what the heck this, I haven't seen this guy in four years since Mario's funeral. And wow. we're, we kind of remove ourselves from the meeting. His name was Taylor. He was our punter on the team. And um, we're catching up and he's like, dude, my life has totally turned around in the last few years. I'm like, well, what happened? He's like, do you remember the last week we were on the team together? There were Bibles in all of our lockers. And my heart dropped because, I mean, I hadn't thought about these Bibles really since Mario's funeral and just kind of forgotten about that specific moment in time. And I just played dumb in the moment. I was like, yeah, I kind of remember those. I don't know. And he starts telling me that he grew up in a Christian home and grew up going to church and Christian parents. And when he went to college, he just decided he wanted to live his own life and turned and kind of ran from the faith for, for the time being and just did his own thing in college. And so he saw a Bible in his locker that, that day and he was kind of confused, like who's trying to shove religion down my throat right now and threw his in the back of his locker and didn't really want to think about it much. And he's going out to the practice field that that morning and he thinks he's the last one to leave the locker room and there's a voice in the back corner of the locker room going, what is this? 
and he turns around confused thinking he was the last one to leave and there's Mario our kicker sitting in his locker thumbing through the Bible going what is this and so Taylor being the punter and Mario being the kicker they were best friends Taylor screams across the locker room standing there at the doorstep says Mario are you an idiot have you never seen the Bible before and Mario's like no what am I supposed to do with this and he's sitting there thumbing through and so for some reason Taylor turns around and sits down in the locker next to Mario's and for 45 minutes, takes him through the Bible, every word and read are the words of Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior of the world, the, the one who came to die to take on your sins to make you right with God. And he's, the gospel's just pouring forth out of Taylor's mouth. And I mean, keep in mind, I mean, he hadn't been following God really for the last few years. He hadn't gone to church in years. And in a way, he kind of turned him in from his faith. But those seeds that were planted as a kid through his parents and through his church and all the people in his life when he was a kid, we're starting to bear fruit in that moment. And God had started to speak through Taylor in that moment and just do profound things as Mario's sitting there, never having picked up a Bible before in his life. And Taylor said for the rest of that week leading up to the Rose Bowl, every spare moment Mario had, he was reading the Bible. He couldn't get enough. He just He's either reading the Bible or asking Taylor questions about Jesus, about God. It was just an incredible chain of events that when Taylor got that same phone call that I did that Mario had passed away, everything came into crystal clear focus for Taylor. He saw the power of God, the, the mighty hand of God, the grace of God, the love of God to reach Mario just in the days before he was going to pass away. Mm. And Taylor sees all this and just on the spot recommits his life to Christ and turns his life around in the moment because he experienced God in such a real deep way. And, of course, Mario had encountered God in an incredible way just days before he passed away and started a relationship with God and goes to heaven, you know, because of that. And Taylor's telling me the story. I mean, I'm I'm on the verge of tears. And he's like, isn't that the crazy story? I'm like, yeah, it's even crazier because I was the one that put the Bible in the locker. I thought I had totally (laughs) failed. And so it's just only our God can do something like that. That only our God can line up all those events, all those incredible, impossible events, so that um, he could save one person just before he passes away and then turn someone else's life around. I mean, think of the people listening to this right now, the encouragement that they're feeling, the hope that they're feeling, the the knowledge that, that God has them on a journey for a purpose, that nothing's wasted with God, that God is always at work, that he has an incredible calling for each one of us. And it's real. And that is our God. Yeah. And even when there's frustration to, to persevere through it, because you don't know when those seeds are going to uh, are going to bloom, you know, and you just don't know that until, you know, maybe you'll never know that on this side of heaven. Uh, but you that, well, the neat thing is you got to kind of know that. Uh, even if it took a little while on on how this all came about. Such a great story. Uh, we're talking to Ben Malcolmson here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. His new book is called Walk On. From Pee Wee Dropout to NFL Sidelines, My Unlikely Story of Football Purpose and Following an Amazing God, which he is. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't at least ask you real quick, because we have just a couple of questions left here, on your favorite Pete Carroll story. I mean, you've been with the guy now for a long time, over 10 years, over a decade. Give us a good Pete Carroll story that kind of gives us a snapshot of who he is. <laughs> oh man, I wish we had a couple hours here, but um True. he is uh he's one of a kind and he is a kid at heart. Um I mean obviously you see the stuff on the sidelines where he's jumping around 
around, bounce around. He's so full of energy, just so full of life. And it's just so fun to, to be around someone like that because it rubs off on you. It can't help but not to, you know, and it's just so fun. But what I love about him is that behind closed doors, just in the office and just around um, the building, I mean, he is just, he's a kid, you know, and we have these little scooters in the office and he'll just, he'll be like, Oh, let's race. And he wants to do scooter races around the office, you know, just like we have a few minutes before meeting. It's like, okay, let's go on a scooter race, you know? And he's like timing people and going around corners, feel like he's going to like cut someone's head off, you know, just like, holy ben, cow, ben, this how, guy is how old is this guy? <laughs> 66. <laughs> That's awesome. A, he gets younger by the years, like modern day Benjamin Button. And he's just so fun. I mean, when we, when we travel together, uh, during the off season, uh, to his various events or something, I mean, he'll want to race through the, the TSA security line, you know, like you pick a line, I'll pick a line, see who wins. You know, he's just such a competitor and stuff like that, where it's just like, well, of course I'm going to win. Cause you got a fake knee and they're going to pull you off the side. So I always got him on that one, but, um, <laughs> it's just he's so fun and just there's always little games going on and he's always trying to stir the pot he's just he's just such a fun dude it's, so it's awesome that is great real quick uh, i know we haven't really talked about your time in seattle too much you know especially some of the successful seasons but you know the team that you work for now very open about their faith of course uh, winning the super bowl in 2013 uh, almost winning it again the following year i remember a lot of players on those teams were very outspoken and understood that they had a platform to talk about Jesus. I just wonder, Ben, for you, since you've been there, you know, you tried a Bible study in a prayer group and leaving Bibles for USC. What kind of maybe in a, in a quick couple of minutes here has transpired for you to be able to be open about your faith with the Seahawks? Yeah, it's, it's been amazing being here because there is an, just an openness here with, uh, with the players, with the coaches. There's an amazing coaches Bible study weekly that we have. There's a chapel before every game on the, the Saturday nights before a Sunday game. And, um, the players have just incredible stuff. Our chaplains do an amazing job with that. Um, the cool thing though, and I think this story is kind of speaks to you that I just shared is we're, we don't see the fruit of it often in the moment. You know, like it takes us little while to see the fruit if if even the chance to get it on earth you know like you mentioned like sometimes we won't see it till we get to heaven so i feel like i'm in the midst of that right now like we're doing a lot of things that um just trying to be a light and trying to be trying to love people well and trying to contribute to the fellowship here and and include more people in it and all that but i don't think we're going to see the 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 true fruit of it until until way down the road if not in heaven he is Ben Malcolmson, Seattle Seahawks Director of External Relations, of course, that's the title, but really the assistant to head coach Pete Carroll with the Seahawks and author of the new book, Walk On, From Pee Wee Dropout to NFL Sidelines, My Unlikely Story of Football Purpose and Following an Amazing God. It's out now everywhere books are sold. You won't be disappointed in reading this book, I promise you that. Ben, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Really appreciate you, and uh, hopefully we'll connect again in person. It's been too long. Yeah, thank you so much, Jason. It's so good to be with you, and God bless you and, and your ministry here. This is incredible what you do. And we do thank Ben Malcolmson, Seattle Seahawks Director of External Relations, and, of course, the assistant to head coach Pete Carroll for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Really loved his stories. I mean, coming from USC and what he was able to do at USC and then now to be writing a book about his time, his purpose, 
following an amazing God. I love the story. The book is called Walk On. Again, it's available everywhere books are found, including Amazon, anywhere you can find books. Check it out. Ben Malcolmson. The forward is written by Coach Pete Carroll. Again, the book is called Walk On from Pee Wee Dropout to the NFL Sidelines, My Unlikely Story of Football Purpose and Following an Amazing God. We thank Ben Malcolmson for joining us here on the podcast. We also thank you for listening, and we thank Compassion International for sponsoring this podcast. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. For $38 a month, you provide food, education, vocational training, all done in the name of Jesus. You release a child from poverty and give that child a hope. You can make the difference. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Again, it's $38. You go to the website. You pick the child. You pray about it, of course. Then pick the child that you want to sponsor, and boom, you're connected to them. And for $38, you are releasing this child from poverty. 1.8 million children have been released from poverty through the great work being done at Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can email me, Jason, at SportsSpectrum.com. You can also reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Take a screenshot of this podcast if you liked it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your followers on social media. Let them know about the intersection of sports and faith and the stories that we're telling here at Sports Spectrum. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Have a great day.